Possum Podcast. Toot toot. Welcome to the Big Hell and Possum Podcast. I am your host, Big Hell Dottie. And on the other mic is my sidekick, Mr. Possum. Sidekick? What's that all about, Big Hell? Hey. Sidekick. I don't know. It's somewhere between a pet and a friend that an iconic hero like myself usually has. Yeah, I know what a sidekick is. Why are you calling me that? Well, you're my sidekick. Where'd you get that silly idea? Well, there was a little feature about uh, about you in the newspaper, and it referred to you as my sidekick. Slander. <laughs> and I thought, wow, finally we have documented proof of your role in this relationship, which is... It's false. You are the sidekick... And I am, of course, Big Hal. Now, uh, now, now, most people have probably been able to tell that I'm the top name on the marquee. Uh, I'm the first name in the title of the show. You know, your idea in our bio pic, I'm I'm the one who's uh, seated in front, and you're sort of standing behind me. Uh, also, your idea. There's tons of evidence out there to suggest that you are uh, just a proper, legitimate. Sidekick character invented to be a part of the Big Hal universe. I tell you what, buddy, buddy boy, it's false. Yeah. Now, I don't okay. like that this, these lies is printed in the newspaper like that. Now, somebody ought to invent a machine that goes in there and picks out all the false stuff, all the mistakes that was printed. Like a little newspaper spider that goes in there and plucks out falsehoods with its creepy little hand. Okay, well they have that. It's called it's called an editor. And uh and this this particular article that calls you a, my sidekick uh, made it right through that editor and the editor said that sounds about right. I think because they they looked at all the evidence, they weighed it. They they sort of looked at your status in general and said, "Well, clearly he's the sidekick." So well, they ought to invent a better editor. They ought to invent a better editor. Yeah. A better editor is just someone who prints whatever you think is right, right? Is that, am I getting that right? That's a good start, Thomas Edison. Well, I, I am feeling a little bit like Thomas Edison lately, Mr. Possum, because I've been working on some, uh, been working on some new inventions. Oh, I thought that was good because you were stealing from me. Is that why you feel oh, yeah. like Tommy Edison? Are you the Nikola Tesla to my Edison? Of course. Of course I got the crazy Spencer Gifts electric balls over here, and you're just sitting there with your little plugs. The way I was taught history in school, I was taught that Nikola Tesla was uh, Thomas Edison's sidekick, oh. Mr. Possum. See? Tonight, Possum and I have some bold new inventions we're revealing to the world. Now, don't steal these. Some of these we do not have uh, patented yet. What's a patent? A patent is sort of like a locked chest that you can put your idea into so nobody can steal it. Oh, I bet they cost money. I ain't got no patent. So just be cool and don't steal, okay? Yeah, everybody be cool. That's the unofficial slogan of our show already. But it's especially true when we are sharing... Possibly million-dollar ideas with y'all. Yeah, and if you beat me to it, you got the money to make one of these inventions come alive, you know, just do the right thing and give me all the money you make. That's only the right thing to do. If you take any of the ideas from this show and make a lot of money off of it, the right thing to do is to give me 70% of the money and possum 30% of the money of whatever you make from any of these ideas, me being 
the main character of the show and Possum being the sidekick. Again with that sidekick talk, I don't like all that We'll be back in just a second with our first inventions. Big Hal, what's your first invention? The first thing I want to talk about tonight is a little skincare product I've invented called Glisten. Oh. Now, Possum, one of the trials and tribulations of those of us who don't have thick fur covering our faces is the chaotic terrain of bare, exposed skin. A little too much sun and it's bright red and dry. More than 20 seconds of physical exertion and it's seeping moisture like a mountain spring. In between those two states, you have a situation comparable to a five-par golf hole with dry and wet traps and rough out-of-bound areas. If only there was a way to ensure you had a consistent facial surface with the best overall look. A healthy, damp facade. The wet look, as it is called, Mr. Possum. Mm -hmm. Well, now there is. With my new product, Glisten. Ew, how's it work? Glisten is a veneer that you paint on your face to make it look slick and wet and shimmering like a still mountain pond at all times. You just mix the two chemicals together and paint the clear resin onto your face and hold a blank expression for 30 minutes to allow it to dry. You don't want to be smiling or grimacing when it dries or you'll get that uh, joker face, you know. So you're saying you put this this goop on your face and that you can't really use your face. You got to keep your face real still? It restricts your movement? Yes, it restricts your your facial movement, but that's good. It sounds like it kind of stinks, actually, to not use your facial muscles. And plus, you look like Johnny Cab from Tonal Recall. Ah, that's where you're wrong, Mr. Possum. An added benefit of Glisten is it allows you to maintain a stoic, cool reserve and keeps you from being able to laugh awkwardly or smile weakly at someone as you pass them on the street. You just give everybody a strong head nod as they marvel at your impressively damp face. Okay, I mean, I I guess this could catch on within certain circles. I'll give you that. The coolest guys only have one face, Mr. Boss. What's that face? It's basically the Clint Eastwood face that he's making on the cover of those old uh, spaghetti westerns he did. Oh, spaghetti face. Okay, yeah. That one face. And it's always a little bit damp in the, uh, you know, desert heat. And basically, you just want to look like that all the time. Okay. All right. I, I could try it. I've kind of got a rictus that I keep on my face, and I wouldn't mind switching up to spaghetti face. Possum, what's your uh, first invention of the evening? My first and possibly tightest idea for a thing is a food wig. A food wig? Yes, it's a wig you can eat. It's a functional wig, and it's a functional meal. Imagine like a barrister's wig, but it's made of Arby's curly fries. Yeah. You know? I mean, you'd be the the belle of the ball. Other people can graze on it. And if it's real long, like if you got yourself some, you know, Fabio hair that's made out of Twizzlers or spaghetti noodles, you could have some yourself. And you could have like a little potluck on top of your head. Uh Uh-huh. You could have some of your own food wig. Each wig is about $50, which is a steal, considering you've got probably about 18 servings of food on top of your head, and it's a wig. A wig alone would be 50 bucks. I'm giving these things away. I shouldn't probably do this at that price. How are you managing your bottom line there if 
the wigs are 50 bucks, regardless of whether it's Arby's fries or some Twizzlers. Or it, it seems like you got a lot of different products you're putting into these wigs. Seems like they'd have a different price point. Well, it's best not to ask how the, the sausage wig is made, Big Hell. Okay. Let's just say I've got a system. Let's just say the okay. food is, I've got a source for the food. Ah, okay. So you're stealing the food off the back of a truck, probably. Yeah. I'm stealing it off a truck. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. How much does the food actually look like hair? Well, anything you put on your head looks like hair. But if it... Not it, true, Mr. Poss. People, people generally like to go out looking uh, good and looking like they have a healthy, full head of hair. That's just one of the sort of... Uh, one of the reasons why wigs exist, I would say. Yeah, but if it looks too much like hair, nobody's going to want to eat it. It's got to look like food that's stylized to look like hair. Like a, like I said, a barrister's wig. Order in the court. Have some fries. Sustained, you know? I think judges would actually wear this. I mean, judges are, are notorious for wearing stupid-looking things on their heads. I, I have to say... I. In my gut, I'm skeptical that this is going to take off. But I kind of want it to, because I think it'd be cooler to live in a world where everyone has food on their heads than to live in a world where everyone is just, uh, you know, walking around with a man bun or whatever. Exactly. The the new man bun would be like a honey bun on the back of your head, and that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, you got a man bun, but it's all sticky? Oh, yeah. Also, kind of piggybacks on your idea about the facial glisten. You know, if you're wearing some bacon on your head, you're going to get some grease on your face. You're going to look shiny and healthy. Yeah. What's the etiquette for a food wig in terms of if I walk up to you and you have a honey bun strapped to the back of your head, uh, can I just eat it? No. Absolutely not. You got to ask first. You got to have a conversation with me. You got to pretend like it isn't there. For a little while. And then you can be like, look, I just wanted to tell you how good that honey bun looks. And I'd be like, oh, this old thing? And then I can kind of stoop over and you can take a hunk of it. But you can't just take a hunk of it off the bat. That's rude. Right. But it would. Be, but it's a little bit more like the etiquette of food where if you mention someone's food, they are sort of socially obliged to offer you a little bit of it. Yeah, if you compliment it. If you're like, that looks good, where'd you get that? Then you're like, you want to try some? That's just that's just how food wigs work. Yeah. It's not that difficult, Big Al. It's not that difficult. And unfortunately, that is not the way it works with hair, where when you like someone's hair, you go, wow, you, you've you really got a, a stunning do going on there. That's, re- that's really impressive. People don't go, oh, would you like to try some of it? Well, that's a thing, though. Some people just touch people's hair when they think it looks cool, and that's not good either. You gotta ask. Big Al, what you got? Possum, my next invention is right here. Look at this. A saddle? Yeah. You you didn't invent the saddle. What are you talking about? Uh, it's a new kind of saddle, Mr. Possum. It's called a possum saddle. Uh-uh. No, it isn't. Perfect for anyone whose sidekick is a large possum. Mm. 
Are you an urban cowboy with a strong personal brand who's a bit of a local celebrity who also happens to have a sidekick who is a possum? Well, then this saddle is for you. What could be more iconic than riding around the streets of Louisville, Kentucky, or wherever you were from, on your huge trained marsupial? And here's the best part. Oh, no, 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 no. Full stop. Absolutely not. A harness with a muzzle to keep the possum from eating off the ground or talking over your jokes. Now, possum, let's uh, let's just make sure this thing fits on you. Can I just uh, can I just strap this saddle to you here? No, you can't strap the, the saddle um, to me. No, I've made it pretty clear I won't be ridden. No. Okay, having a little trouble uh, getting the saddle onto your back here. I, I'm uh, making it difficult just, um, on purpose. Hey, will you just sort of get down on the ground, no. sort of on uh, on all fours no. here? Oh, I won't. I'm toss this saddle. I over hope you here. got a trank dart, because I ain't gonna get down on all fours and be your horsey. You're gonna have to make me be a horsey. Looks like it actually might be a little small for you, Mr. Possum. Uh, Are you calling me uh, fat on top of trying to ride me? Come on. How about I just put it on you for a second, and we'll find out if I'm insulting you or not. Okay, all right. I'll let you put it on me just for a second so you can test out your inventions. But let's be clear. You're not gonna ride me around, right? This is for other possums for you to ride? Uh, Yes, something like that. Let me just strap down there and... Ooh, it's pinching me. Okay, and I'll just hop up on your back here real quick for a second. Okay, all right. My God. Oh, I got a bucking bronco here. I don't like this. Yes. uh, I'm gonna shake you off. All right, giddy up. Giddy up! No, I Possum's got a brand new invention he's going to tell you about. My new invention's called junk sprinkles. Junk sprinkles? Yeah. You know healthy food doesn't taste as good as junk food? That's a problem. That's why everybody eats junk food, because it tastes better. Yeah. So my idea is a little packet of something called junk sprinkles. It's got salt and butter and chocolate pieces and little giblets of fat. And you just kind of sprinkle that on your healthy food, and it tastes better, and then your diet is back to being healthy again. Uh, now, do you have nutrition information on these junk sprinkles? Uh, we're working on that. Mm -hmm. For now, it's best not to think about what's in the junk sprinkles. Right. Just sprinkle it and live your life. Have some broccoli with some chocolate pizzas on it. Okay, well, you're going to have a hard time selling a food product to to health-conscious people. If your message is, please do not worry about what is in this or how healthy it is. Well, I'm not intending to go through the FDA. I've got a little loophole. What's your loophole? Well, it's a novelty item. It's only sold at Spencer Gifts. I see. Okay, that's smart. That's very smart. You're removing any accountability. So you'll put, like, a label on it that says, do not eat this under any circumstance. Right, but then, like, on the inside, once you've bought it, there's a little note that says... Dog, you can totally put this on your food. Don't be such a pansy about it. Dump these sprinkles on there. Okay. And then they can think that's a joke as well, but I mean it. You know, I mean it. (laughs) 
It's like a fortune right. cookie. You open it up and there's a little message. And you never know whether they're joking or not in those fortune cookies. Right. Well, that's the thing. I, I'm always uh, I'm always trying to imagine the person writing that uh, fortune cookie. Were they being ironic or were they being serious? Ooh, that's a good idea is to have something called misfortune cookies. And you just write bad stuff that's going to happen to you. Okay. It'll be like, you're going to fall in a sinkhole today, probably. Your lucky numbers are 23, 7, and 19. Wow, that's another product you could easily sell at Spencer Gifts, Mr. Possible. Yeah, I mean, everything I come up with is like Spencer Gifts ready. Uh-huh. So your next one's going to be like a Stewie Griffin coin bank, probably, right? Yeah, or maybe like Clue, but everybody's shirts off. We're back, and tonight we're talking million, million, million dollar ideas, inventions, baby. Big Al, what you got? Yeah, you may not be aware of this, but Mr. Possum and I are both aspiring inventors, and we'd like to be given a million dollars for each of these ideas, uh, but we'll settle for best offer uh, if we can't get that. Yeah. Now, my next idea is uh, something called a boot hitch. Boot hitch? This is a surefire product that I think would do really well, uh, especially with like late night ads. The boot hitch is a specialty product for the discerning urban cowboy like myself. Now, a lot of us have boots and some of us even still wear spurs, even though we don't ride horses and spurs apparently don't work on possums because they just cry and fall to the ground when you dig them in. Yeah. Well, what if we could reinvent the spur for the modern cowboy while also freeing up some space in our jean pockets to stick our thumbs in while we wait for our takeout order to be ready? Introducing the boot hitch. The boot hitch is a back-of-the-boot accessory that allows you to attach small wagons to the backs of each of your feet. You can keep change, your wallet, a cell phone, a ticket stub from Boz Skaggs at Caesars Southern Indiana Casino from 2017, pretty much anything you want to keep on you at all times. You can keep in these wagons attached to the backs of your boots. What if you gotta run somewhere or kick or something? Well, possum, urban cowboys don't run, of course. Um, And the crotch gusset on my tight wranglers keeps me from splitting my legs more than six degrees at any time. So I don't do a lot of kicking. Here, let me demonstrate the boot hitch. I'm I'm gonna attach my wagons to the backs of my boots here. Okay. This one wagon you'll notice is shaped like a long haul tanker. And it's where I keep my backup reserves of coffee. The other wagon, which you'll notice looks like an old-timey caboose, contains my pocket items, as well as a bag that I can put my boot hitch accessories into if I need to get into a car or cross over a body of water. You really have thought of everything, haven't you? Yeah. The body of water thing, that's important. This is a safety issue I just want to mention. Uh... You do not want to fall into a body of water with these things attached to your feet. They will drag you right down to the bottom of the river mm. or the or wherever you are. So be sure to take your boot wagons off anytime you are crossing over a body of water. Now that's good advice. Possum, I think you've got another invention for me? Yes, I have invented a new pet, Big Al. A new pet? Yes, a new pet's going to sweep the nation. It's a pocket Dracula. He's the perfect buddy, Big Al. Draculas don't die. Yeah. 
He lives forever. He lives in your pocket, and he depends on you. And all he needs is fresh blood. And he's just the size of a little hamster, just a little gerbil. He don't uh-huh. need much blood. I mean, you can make him a little juice box of your own blood, like once a day, like in the morning, like you're packing a lunch for your child. And that's all he needs. He can sip on that, poke a little straw into it. He's good all day. He's hanging out in, like, the the breast pocket of your sport coat or whatever. Yeah, you're going to want a breast pocket That's the, cause, so you can talk to each other. Don't put him in your back pocket. You'll squish him. Mm-hmm. And you said he lives forever. Yeah, unless you take him out in the sun or poke his little heart with something pointy. Can I ask you a question, Mr. Possum? Of course. I don't want to give away your methods to maybe competitors or something. Okay. How did you manage to breed a smaller Dracula? What are you talking about? Breeding Draculas, huh? I guess I should just ask, where'd you get a tiny Dracula? Oh, that's the kind of question that you would ask, but the average consumer wouldn't ask. A lot of people don't really care where good stuff comes from. It's just good stuff. Hmm. So I'm not going to answer that, because, you know, that's, unless it becomes a concern for the general public, I'd rather just be like, you're welcome, and that leave it at that. Pocket Dracula. $500. I think the if if it turned out there was uh, some, if someone had an infestation of small Draculas in their house... They were feeding on them, like, say, while they were sleeping. Yeah. I think people would want to know where they were coming from and what to do about them. Let's cross that bridge in our spooky little carriage if it comes to that. But let's not be dorks about it right now. Don't be a dork, Big Al. Don't be a dork. Okay. I don't want to be a dork, uh, nor do I want to be accused of being a dork uh, by you for asking practical questions, but... um, of course you don't. What, what makes you think living forever is a good quality in a pet? Well, because it's sad when you get attached to a dog or a cat and then they only stick around for like 15, 20 years tops. Uh-huh. You want them to stick around forever. And then when you die, your son gets your pocket Dracula. I see. Or you may opt to have the pocket Dracula die with you and you kind of stake him on purpose when you're dying on your deathbed. Kind of treat him like an Egyptian pharaoh's cat. And he's, mm-hmm. he's got, he knows all my secrets. I've been whispering all this stuff to pocket Dracula for years and he's seen me do some stuff that I don't really want people talking about. It's probably best if he dies with me. I don't want them loose Dracula lips out there ruining my legacy. Big Al, we're talking about inventions tonight. Big Al, what's your next gajillion dollar idea? My next brilliant invention, Mr. Possum, is money guns. Pew, 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 money guns. Here's yet another product for the discerning urban cowboy in the constantly changing world of wireless currency exchange. What has happened to the cowboy these days, Mr. Possum? 
Used to be you'd saunter into the saloon and order a dirty lead cup filled with whiskey, and when the barkeep hassled you to pay your tab, you pulled out your six-shooters to fire at the ground beneath him and make him dance, and everyone had a good time and no one was hurt. But now the urban cowboy has to wait in line at Walgreens and try to use his card to pay for some Haribo snakes, but the chip in his debit card is busted, so he has to do the thing where he sticks it in the thing three times and then it allows him to swipe it, but the Walgreens card machine always freezes up at that point, so he tries to set up Apple Pay, but the clerk doesn't know how to talk him through setting up Apple Pay, and the people are waiting behind him. It's an awful time to be a cowboy, Mr. Possum. Yeah, you're right. Or it was... Until money guns came along. What are money guns? Money guns is two holstered six-shooters that transmit virtual money via Bluetooth and make real gunshot and ricochet sounds when fired. Pull them out when it's time to pay up at Walgreens and make your clerk dance for the cash. The gun on the left represents a dollar amount, and the gun on the right represents the change. So, Mr. Possum, let's say I owe you $5.07, okay? Okay, yeah. It goes a little something like this. Oh! Ah! Oh! Ew! Ah! Stop! I'm a dancing! But instead of bullets bouncing everywhere, there's virtual dollars and cents being transferred to whoever is dancing. Now, my next invention idea is, is also money-related. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the money rake. A money rake? Yeah. Are you tired of that big old pile of money you got sitting there being... Taken off by the wind, being carried away, and chasing it around like a fool. Are you tired of looking the fool? Uh, is the wind in this uh, scenario my ex-wife? <laughs> oh, toot toot. She was awful. Toot toot. Yeah. Hate her. Always hated her. No, but I was saying, you need a special tool to collect all that money so don't go blowing down the street. Possum, can I ask, what's the difference between... uh? A money rake and, a, and just a regular rake. Or, like, why can't you just use a regular rake to rake up your money as it was? Well, this rake is a money rake. It's used just for money. It don't have surl on it. It don't have yard surl. You know, it, it wasn't surled with a bunch of dirt and grass and worms and grubs and roly-polies. Yeah. This only <laughs> okay. touches money. A rake can just be sort of left out in the yard. You want oh, uh, You want oh, your oh. money rake to be something that would maybe um, suffer irreparable damage left out in the yard for even a night. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. You can't be leaving this outside. A money rake is best to keep inside. It's an inside rake. In fact, you might want to sleep with it in your bed. Just put mm. it at the foot of your bed like a cherished dog and let it cuddle up next to your feet. Bond with your money rake. I'd have to push some of my beloved money off of my bed if I'm going to make room for my money rake. Oh, don't push it off. Rake it off with money rake. Possum, what's your final invention you want to talk about this evening? 
Well, it's last because it's the best one, and I wanted to save it for last. You know how when you're eating a piece of pizza pie, and uh-huh. you, you eat all the good parts, and then you get down to that boring old pizza bone? Yeah, the crust. Yeah, the crust, the bone. And most of the time, you just toss it over your shoulder, and it's going to make a sound effect like whoop. You know, kind of like when you slip in a banana peel and you just go to the next slice. Well, what if I told you I came up with something that fixes that problem? It's called stuffed crust pizza. I'm talking about putting stuff in that crust. I'm talking about putting cheese, maybe pepperoni, so then you can eat the whole thing. The whole thing is pizza. It's not just the, you know, the triangle part. It's the bone. Okay, Mr. Possum, I got some bad news for you. That sounds about right. I guess it's good and bad news. The bad news is that that already exists. Stuffed crust pizza has been around for, I don't know, 30 years or something. Oh, it does not. I would have heard of it if it had been out. No. The good news is you can go and get some right now because it's everywhere. Everywhere? Yeah, there's stuffed crust pizza all over the place. Makes sense, because I get all my pizzas from the dumpster, and I guess it's, if it's good, it ain't being thrown away. So who would throw away a stuffed crust? Yeah. It, it makes kind of it makes sense why it kind of flew under my radar. Yeah, that's that's exactly what's happening, is you're you're only getting the, the sort of bones and leavings of non-stuffed crust pizzas in dumpsters. Yeah. Whereas when you get a stuffed crust pizza, people are darn near eating the dang box. They're destroying the evidence, even. Yeah. Because everything's just so saturated with cheese and delicious uh, salty oil. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I ain't mad because if I hadn't come up with the idea or thought I came up with it, you wouldn't have told me that it was already out there and I would never even know it was a thing. Now I can just go get it without doing all the business guy work of getting it made into a thing. Yeah, rake up some money and uh, just take it on down to your local pizza hut. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I use my money rake and fill up my giant billfold and... Go into the old hut. But I still think that they're kind of underusing the idea of stuffed crust. It could be like a place where you put your chapstick or your keys or, you know, stuff your wife hands to you because she ain't got no pockets in any of her clothes. Oh, wait, wait, so now you're turning it into sort of like a like a pizza wallet. Pizza wallet, yeah. Okay, well, I think pizza wallet is a new idea. Um, or maybe an idea that a lot of people have had but rejected because it it's a bad idea. Well, we'll see. We'll see. When I'm the Bill Gates of pizza wallets, we'll see who comes crawling over to my mansion for money and some pool time. The Big Howl and Possum Podcast. Toot toot.